Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about prime time matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, buds? Hand along the left-hand side. 7.40 to go. Puck in front. Connolly with a chance. And they score! They score! The puck on a rebound for Lars Eller! Eller gets the rebound and puts it home. And Washington leads it. 4-3 with 7.37 to go. The Tiger pouncing at the moment that he can potentially be the hero. Welcome back to Japer's Rank Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young. And today, uh, I figured uh, to have someone preview the regular season from Japer's Rank, we needed someone who frankly knows, I think, more about the Caps, like, 14th forward than I would know about Alex Ovechkin. And uh, I thinking of, of that in mind and thinking of someone who I think has more opinions about the seventh defenseman battle for the Washington Capitals than uh, I have about my wife or most of my family is uh, Luke Adamanis. So Luke, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about the eighth defenseman. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right. Well, uh, we, I will ask you about that. But uh, I think first, uh, let's talk about uh, we now know, uh, as of yesterday, who the Capitals roster is. Uh, you know, we know who made the team and who largely did not. Uh, so the big kind of question marks were uh, your seventh defenseman, which it seems like is going to be matter or when, and uh, the rookies who made the team, of which we have McMichael, Protus, and Snively. So I guess I'm going to start broad and then we'll kind of hone in a little as, as we go. But just overall thoughts on kind of the roster and some of the decisions that Peter, head coach Peter Laviolette made here. Uh, yeah, there's a it, it's funny because I'm kind of torn because um, I really wanted Johansson to make the team because I thought he had a really strong preseason. Um, and I'm always a, a, a fight Lucas Johansson, right? Yeah, yeah, Lucas Johansson. Yeah, yes, I, yes. I forget now Marcus. He used to go by Johansson. Now he wants Johansson. I forget how it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I really wanted Lucas Johansson to make the team because I thought he had a strong preseason, and I'm a I'm a upside kind of guy. I like, you know, you don't know what their their floor could be low, but I like their upside. So I think he can bring more to the table than Irwin could have um, as that number seven. Um, but you know, he loves his guy. Uh, Laviolette loves Irwin, so he got it. But it's funny because I don't I don't mind Johansson coming up here and sitting and kind of working his way in. But on the flip side, there's Protus. Who I absolutely love, but I I think he's right now slotted for we don't know the exact lineup, but he, I think he was on the fourth line uh, for the last preseason yeah. game, and I would rather have someone like him. Which down is what Samantha Hell, of course, last podcast said he was. Gonna yeah, exactly. Off. And I would rather have him and Hershey playing first line minutes with you know lots of minutes, power play, penalty kill. Um, I'd rather have you know that Protus doing that and just putting. Sherry or someone else on the fourth line that you know who they are and that's okay and they can do that. I mean, I would rather have. Uh, actually, Janssen Fialbi be that person because you know who he is. He's a fourth-line guy, so I don't mind him yes. playing fourth-line. I don't want good young players getting no minutes or rather than get bigger minutes. But So I'm kind of torn back and forth on who they kept and who they didn't keep. 
Yeah. All right. Well, and I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, we can kind of dive into Protus here a little bit. Like, I, you know, I have a uh, a later note of uh, asking you if anything of note in the preseason. But I think one thing that it did seem like there was noteworthy was uh, was Alexi Protus's play during the preseason. Uh, I will come out and say I have not watched a minute of Capitals preseason <laughs> hockey. Uh, yeah. I, I've learned from experience that, you know, oh, it's just sure. it's very, very different hockey when it comes to the oh, uh, definitely, season. Um, but like, I mean, Protus seemed like a noteworthy person. So I guess you watch a lot of hockey and you watch a lot of prospect development. So take me in like what you noticed about Protus's game and kind of what you think caught the Caps eye about how he developed. Yeah. So I, if you ever read any of my, uh, my uh, prospect update or rankings, I consistently have Protus up there. Um, <laughs> I, I think I had him ranked as the second highest floor prospect like that's above Lapierre McMichael I think the ceiling for him is super high because he's such a unique player he's six foot six 230 but he has amazing vision amazing hands um but his best aspect is his brain and I think that's what what they liked about him so much is he's just so smart he knows where to be and that's what it saves on skating he's not the best skater he definitely improved but he's just smart. He knows exactly where the puck is going to be. And so he has that long stick and he's strong. So he is consist- consistently stealing pucks along the boards or on the back check. And it, he just uh, works his butt off. So I think that's Laviolette just love that because he's so versatile. You can put him in any position, uh, center wing on penalty kill power play. And I think that's and he's cheap, you know, because he's on that that prospect uh, deal. So I think that's what Laviolette kept him for six games because he was so interesting to, to have every game. Yeah. And it seems like they put him in a lot of different places, right? Which is interesting to me because, you know, I, I think that when we, you see with some players, you kind of say, all right, like this is roughly where they're going to be, you know, and if they're moving him around the lineup, it's probably just because like, that's where they need to be on any given night, you know, for the rest of the team. But it really did seem, at least from what I saw that they were really trying Crotus in a lot of different ways because, you're right. He has like a unique skill set that I think is kind of hard to singularly place. All right. Mm. And so it was, I think it was it was interesting to me, at least, that they kind of kept moving him around the lineup and try him kind of in different roles. No. Yeah, 100 percent. And that's what they're I think they're finding out is, OK, can we trust him with Dowd out there to do defensive stuff? Can we trust him to throw him up there with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov to be that four checking guy, but enough skill to you know make it worth wild out there you know it's not like throwing beagle out there or anything uh so i think that's what they're trying to figure out and they kept finding out like holy crap we can use this guy everywhere yeah absolutely absolutely and then um the other kind of two pieces of note uh let's do snively real quick uh but do do we kind of agree 13 14 forward or is there something i'm missing here uh yeah i think yeah it's still it'd be interesting to see how the season starts but yeah he'll probably be assuming well i mean i'm sure we'll get to make michael but um, I imagine McMichael plays over him. Uh, so I think he will be that 13th forward, um, which is a get- shame because, you know, he's a guy with high skill. I'd rather have him kill it in Hershey, but you also risk losing him on waivers. Um, so I think but I think they definitely if there's ever a spot open in top nine, if there's enough injuries, I think he'll get the first call because he's a fast, speedy, uh, skilled kid uh, and he'll get he'll get the first crack at that. Absolutely, absolutely. So like Protus, uh, there was another player who was up and down the lineup in a lot of different ways, although I think a lot of people, including me, had some different thoughts on his usage, and that, of course, is Connor McMichael, who made the roster. Uh, so I know that there were some, maybe some doubts at some point, but he did make it, and it seems like his game, at least from what I've been reading and what I've been hearing, got better through the preseason. So I guess, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ask a McMichael question. Also, my predictions part, which we'll talk about later. But I guess uh, McMichael, like, how do, what do you think their thoughts on him are at this point? And how do you kind of expect his usage, at least at the start of the season, to look like? I think they've already talked about both Laviolette and um, McClellan. I think they both said that they prefer him at center, which is 100 percent correct. He's he's not like. I don't think he's adapted to the wing as much as Protus has. Mm-hmm. He's like, he puts, when he's on center, his last year when he was at center, he was amazing. I, th- I think his defensive and all forward impacts were big pluses. Yes, um, they were. And, but it's a, it's a shame because last year he kind of got 
people are like, he's not consistent enough. But if you look at his line usage, he not one line he played with was over 50 minutes. So he mm-hmm. was consistently – and Protus played, I think, half the games or like one-third the games McMichael did. But his most used line was like 200 minutes. So he got yeah. really consistent time. But Mike Michael's mm-hmm. like throwing all, all over a uh, wing center with different people. So he never even got time to like really get consistent. Uh, but I think this year, I think they're going to let him do that a little bit more. I, I bet he starts in the top six to, to start the season. Uh, I bet yeah. he starts in that left wing. But I would love to see him. I mean, there is no room at, currently, but it would be great to see him at a center at a consistent position uh at center for a while but you know who knows yeah i mean it seems like uh you know i think i would imagine the team is going to probably be curious about lars eller's performance going Mm, in because it would seem like that 3c spot might make a lot of sense for Connor mcmichael you know uh, but obviously lars eller is currently blocking him there exactly yeah that's that's gonna be a big you know and if caps ever need the room the, the the space they might not because backstrom and Haggling could be out all season, but if there's the room, that's where they'll probably look to make a movement because they're like, we have, you know, 10 centers, not that many, but we have a lot of centers that can sure. play and that might be the guy. So I think they're definitely, like you said, they're really going to be paying attention to Lars Eller and how he does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I, as I mentioned before, did not watch a second of preseason hockey, <laughs> hockey and uh, that was on purpose. I promise it wasn't me being lazy because um, <laughs> I, 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 I tended to find that they're not the most predictive. And oh, uh, not at all. yes, the fact that the games were on at one in the morning for me doesn't help, but I will do that during the regular season. So nice. you know, it's, it's, it. you know, there's a little bit of a priority there, but uh, <laughs> I guess. I'm going to ask you, because I know you watch more preseason hockey than I did. Uh, I mean, if you watched a minute, that would be more than I did. But uh, I guess, was there anything of note in the preseason? Uh, And, you know, I know we've kind of talked about, like, you know, some of the big storylines. But I don't know, anything else that caught your eye? Anything of note, really, that I or other people might have missed? Um, I mean, like you said, preseason is like, I don't put any stock into it. The preseason, I just say, don't get hurt is my main thing. And, uh... And then I look at the kids because it's fun seeing them, you know, adapt to playing against men. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think one thing that stood out, I'm sure it's not is it isn't a small thing, but it, just the goaltending. It was like mm-hmm. it was a, it was just super <laughs> nice. To see I heard that, just that like, too. It's like, oh, yeah, this yeah, is what like, competent goaltending looks like. Exactly. And uh, it was just really refreshing to see. And, I, you know, I'm a big goalie person and I think everyone knows my love for Sammy and VTech. But. You just got to say, like, man, it's just now that's something you don't have to worry about, which is really refreshing. And just watching Kemper and Lindgren, I think with two and two, there's only one bad goal. And it was against Lindgren, but it was just a really nice shot. It was like a no angle shot. Um, you want to see your goalie re- get it. But outside that, between all the games and periods they played, that was like the only thing I ever saw. That was like, eh, but um, mm-hmm. so it's really nice to see just Really reliant goaltending. I mean, again, it was just preseason, but uh, still refreshing to see. Absolutely. And I mean, as a goalie, you know, you, I think, can kind of appreciate, too, that I think the team plays differently when they trust goaltending, mm. right? Because I, I think, yeah. I mean, yes, the Caps, like, played well last year. They were a 100-point team, right? You know, or near 100-point team, right? So, like, they, you know, they clearly something went right for the Capitals last year. But at the same time, their goaltending, I, I think it was just so inconsistent that, I, I, it did seem like it affected them at times, right? You know, just in terms no, of, like, I, defensive structure and can you trust your goalie to not give up a bad rebound or bad goal, right? And so, you know, I think it's, it's – it, I think it's not just the save percentage going up, which it probably will, uh, but it's also just – I think the downstream effects of that are, are pretty big, no? No, 100%. That's a great point. Uh, teams do play differently. They play more – I bet you players would say they play better the more relaxed they are the more comfortable yes. they are. And if you have goalie back there, that's just like, you never, when someone's coming down the ice, you just never knew if that, if that puck was going in or not. And now guys can be a little bit more like, okay, I know I can, you know, shadow this guy a little bit less to, you know, cover someone more important or vice versa. Knowing like, yeah. I know Kemper or Lindgren or can shut down this shot from this distance kind of thing. 
Um, so I think yeah, or, or I mean, even a, even a situation, you know, where, for instance, like someone shoots it from the from like a bad angle and maybe it's not a goal, but maybe it's just they give up like a horrible rebound or something. Mm. Right. You know, and like I would have like defensive structure wise, if you can trust that your goal is not going to give up a horrible rebound, that also kind of impacts the play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100 percent. And it's to have that as a defenseman, I bet specifically that's just very reliable. You know, your, your guy's going to be able to kick it out in a certain area. And, yeah. and if so, if you don't know, it's like, I have no idea where this puck is going to go. So I got to like, kind of like be on my toes. But if you can shade one side, be like, I know he can probably kick it over here. You can get the puck quicker and get the puck out faster. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So um, I kind of also wanted to ask you, uh, so I guess the note of the preseason is competent goaltending. And uh, I think it was the the the, the line I used to Samantha Pell is uh, professional goaltending, you know, like, a, <laughs> like, a, you know, kind of kind of uh, NHL like normal goaltending, I think is helpful for a team. Um, but I also kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about the new parts for the Caps that, you know, because they, they had an offseason that I think was uh interesting you know aside from you know the uh the goaltending uh, i'm really curious like about kind of how you see uh dylan strom and connor brown fitting in like and i guess also gustafson so uh how do you how, how have you kind of noticed them and like how do you see their fit so far with the caps i think they've been they've been fantastic ads and i think people forget that last year we didn't have a second line center at all I mean, when you think about it, because mm-hmm. Eller was up there while Backstrom was out. And when Backstrom came back, everyone knew he was not the same Backstrom. You can tell he was still really laboring on the hips. So I w- wouldn't even call him his second line center at that point. So this year you're getting Dylan Strom, who is at the very least a good second line center. And I thought, I think he's, I could be wrong. I didn't count. I didn't look at the point totals for the preseason, but I think he had the most points. And he, you can see he's very like, I I want to, Tarek posted an article about, um, he like wants to get back at not get back, but he wants to show Chicago he made a mistake. So he's very yeah. uh, motivated right now. Hyper motivated. Hyper motivated. Yeah. And Brown is just is going to be a great hold for Wilson. No one can replace Wilson, but he's just you can tell. He reminds me reminds me a lot of Justin Williams. He's just really smart and knows what to do. He's not very amazing at one thing, but he just kind of does everything really well. Uh, and that's kind of like Wilson in a way. Um, again, he's not going to be Wilson, but he's also just yeah. added. And it's, it's so fitting that the last preseason game in OT, those two hooked up on a goal to win it, to end the preseason. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful pass by Brown and Strom finished it. Uh, so I, th- I think they're going to be fantastic ads. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think I think they they fit in perfectly, I think, with the roles that the Cavs both need them to start with, you know, to, to replace uh you know, Backstrom and Wilson in the lineup. But I think they also, even, you know, when Wilson is back and if Backstrom is back, uh, I still think they, it seems like they they add a lot to the roster of, of things that the Caps didn't really do, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at just, for instance, like penalty killing. The Caps penalty kill was fine last year. You know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. say it was bad, but Connor Brown is just such a dynamo on that, you know, oh, that, yeah. like, that adds an element to it, you know, and and Dylan Strom, I think just the kind of vision and awareness he has and the fact that he can hold down the 2C throughout the year and just be reliable in that, you know, I think it's really valuable for the Caps, you know, and I think it's, I think adds a degree of roster certainty that Mm. I don't think that they had at points last year, particularly, you know, even, even before Backstrom was back, you know, they just, it seems like they just, they have a lot more kind of tools in the toolbox to use. Yeah. And when everyone gets back, I mean, to have, Imagine like getting Wilson and maybe a Backstrom back. That's you got. Then you have fantastic depth with Brown yeah. and Strom. And it's another thing with Strom brings is he's. We were. I mean, I think we were last in faceoffs, and faceoffs are overrated. But it'll be nice to have a guy. Strom is very good at them. I think he's like fifty-four percent or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be nice to have someone out there that can, you know, especially in OT. When, when you won, when you really need it, right? Yeah, in in OT we kept losing faceoff, and then we would lose. I mean, that wasn't the only reason we lost, but. It'll be very helpful to start out with a win. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So I have Luke on the podcast, and one one question I want really want to ask Luke is uh, the following, which is, uh, Luke, talk about a capital that I've never heard of, but I should have heard of. A cat like like in our system. 
Yeah, well, like I mean, like there they had a million people up in the in the preseason, right? So like yeah. I don't know, like I I heard like there's a defenseman who starts with yeah. I or something like yeah. Oreo or something or Oreo yeah. or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, sorry, I I know I should have more knowledge of no, okay. the workings of the Capitals roster, but this is why we have Luke on. So Luke, yeah. tell me about a Capital that I should not that I maybe haven't heard of, but probably should. I mean, I think Vincent Iorio is a good one. He was. Super. Yeah, yeah, you're close. (laughs) Um, He was incredibly impressive in preseason. The kid is uh, 18, or not 18, probably 20 now at this point, 2021. And he was, he's a big guy. I think he's 6'3 or something. And he was fitting in so well. Uh, He's going to be, he's one of those people, he's going to be an NHL player. It's just a matter of Mm -hmm. how far he can go. But I guarantee you, he's at the very least, is going to be a bottom pairing defenseman. Which is, but I mean, the Caps, who are consistently up against the cap, it's good to have kids come in on no money contracts. Um, but I think he has a higher ceiling. I think he could be a top four defenseman. But he, he's going to, I bet you, I won't bet, but I, I would not be surprised at all if he's in the NHL full time next season, especially since I think both uh, TVR and Jensen are UFAs, you know, so they're resigned. Um, but I think he'll be up with us and I, he probably gets some games this season too. He's just super mature and he knows how to play he knows how to use his body he's not gonna wow you with anything he's not gonna you know dangle between the legs and snipe the top corner but um he's just very reliable in the defensive zone makes amazing outlet passes and he can help you in the offensive zone too he's still gonna be good there it's just not his his main thing so yeah i think that was a i think that's a good name to talk about all right. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll I'll call him Iorio and not Oreo. Yeah, yeah. So all right. I, I got that right. Uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back. So, <laughs> all right, Luke, um, we're now, I think, what, about like almost 20 minutes in and we're going to do some caps predictions. Then we're going to talk about the Metro a little bit and take a quick take a quick break. So I have some Capitals predictions and a little bit of a glimpse behind the curtain here. Uh, I emailed or messaged Luke the agenda, but I did not. I deliberately excluded the Capitals prediction section because I want to kind of surprise and get his off the cuff takes. So uh, I will I will give a prediction and then or Luke will give a prediction and then I'll chime in afterwards. So and then we're going to kind of sharpen this a little as we go. So to start, Luke, who among the Capitals, gets the most games at the second center position. I'm going to still, I'm going to stick with Strom. I think he okay. lands there and stays there. I agree. I agree. I think, yeah. I think it's Strom. Uh, I think he is a perfect fit. Uh, I do think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Connor McMichael. You know, I, I, I hinted at it before. I could see that three C shot being a fit pretty, pretty quickly, but yeah. we will see about that. But, but I, I think I I'm with you. It seems like Dylan Strom is the two C and I think he's going to do well in that job. Uh, all right. So the next question, Luke, how many goals does Alex Ovechkin score this year? Hmm. I think I, I saw a tweet from uh, his name. I think it's Alan Caps. Is he? His name is that guy Blake. I think. Yeah, on, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Actually, I think I've reached out to him to be on the show before. Oh yeah, well he's we fantastic. Probably trying to make that happen this year. I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely should. And uh, he put out. He does his own numbers. I don't know what they are, but he he has Ovi at forty three, and I think that's a pretty safe bet. You got to imagine he's going to at least miss a handful of games. He's getting a year older, but he's also a Vetchkin, so he can put up 60. Yeah. And, okay. But I, I, I want to be safe. I don't want to be like a homer, but he's going to hit 50. So I'll say 43. I think that's all right. Okay. I'm, I'm a, I think actually a little more optimistic because I think he's going to okay. play a lot. And uh, I actually have Kuznetsov having a big season this year. So right. I am going to say, I think Alex Ovechkin gets 47 goals. That's okay. My, okay. I hope. I, I hope it's a little, little short of 50. I, I will say though, if he's at 47, you almost, you almost want to say he'll get 50, right? Yeah. Because it seems like he kind of has like the little afterburners to get 50. Yeah. You know? But uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little contrary here and I'm going to say he gets 47 goals. All right. Yeah. So I just want him to next, at least hit 40. That's what my goal yeah. is like. At least hit 40. That'd Agreed. Be nice. And what he needs 35, right? That's the number everyone's saying to, uh, to, yeah, to I think record, so. right? yeah. through the contract. So yeah. So I, I, 47, which I, and you say 43, both which put him safely on track to still get Gretzky. All right. So, Luke, I'm going to give you three players. We're going to go through them one by one. How yeah. many games does Alexi Protus play this year? 
That's a really good question. Oh man. <laughs> um, gosh darn. I don't know. It's how many did you play last year? Like thirty or something? Um, I'm gonna say. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, sounds right. I'm gonna say. Let's find out. All right. Yeah, take that in. I will. All right. Well, this is uh, great podcasting as I look this up. But, uh, <laughs> I uh, let's see. He played. Uh, Alexi Protus played last year. Thirty-three games. Very good, Luke. Okay. Man, it's so tough because Caps have so many forwards. Um, mm-hmm. And then you got to imagine Wilson comes back, maybe Hagelin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with 39. <laughs> All right. Just oh, good. We fun. disagree. All right, good. I'm always nervous about, like, uh, hurting with these predictions, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to say he plays 55 games. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I, I see a old roster with a lot yeah. of forwards that are going to need rest and a lot of forwards that are likely to get hurt. And I... Like I, I, I like what I've seen out of Protus too. I think he's really good. I think they could use him in a lot of different spots in the lineup. And also, frankly, I think if you have him in the lineup, you know, if you don't have him in the lineup, kind of what's the point of him being there, right? It's so I, I, I do think he, the, they're optimistic about him. I think he fits in well. I think particularly, I will say, and this might kill you a little inside, but I, if he, if he finds his way on the fourth line and really meshes with Hathaway and Dowd, you could see Laviolette getting real comfortable with that, could you not? So yeah, you know, no, I, that's kind of that's kind of a little bit of also why I could see him hitting a little bit of a higher number. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. Perfect. All right. How many games does Snively play? We could do this one quickly. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be much. I'm going to say... 16. 16. I'm going to go 10. All right. We're, we're yeah. similar place. All right. A little bit of a more interesting one, and I think this is going to require us to look a little, you know, get a little guesswork here. How many games does TJ Oshie play? Uh, <laughs> uh, 49. All right. Yeah, I think we're in a similar bot spot here. I'm going to say, all right, let me... Now, I'm also going to look and see how many games TJ Oshie played uh, and load the NHL.com. I mean, yeah, he only played 44 last season. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to be a little more optimistic. I think COVID was weird. You know, I'm willing to say maybe Mm. he gets in a little more of a rhythm. Uh, Although I I also will say I I know that he was in a contact jersey. You know, I'm still nervous about the fact that he again looked like he was favoring his shoulder. But I'm going to be a little more optimistic. I'm going to say 55. Okay. So I hope. there you go. All right. Yeah. So so that was our that was the the guys I was curious about for how much they'll play. Um the next question, where do you think Connor McMichael ultimately ends up this year? Or does he end up any in any consistent place? Uh I think he <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think he's gonna start on the second line, but when Baxter comes back, you know Lav is not gonna have him stay there. He's going to give mm-hmm. their spots to Wilson, Mantha, and Brown. So I think he'll play mostly on the third line, third line, left right. wing or left or center. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I think I think we we mostly agree here. I think Connor McMichael ends up as your third line center by the end Ooh. of the year. I think I mean, he I, about halfway through and then ends ends it ends it with it. I am I I, I'm a little mixed on Lars. The, the I think this is also kind of a stealth Lars Eller prediction too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am of two minds with Lars Eller, as I think I said on Twitter this morning. You know, I am I see a guy that, you know, at age 33 had his worst season, which terrifies me. But also you could kind of paint a picture of, oh, maybe it was COVID, maybe it was that kind of thing. But I ultimately think Connor McMichael is a good fit on the third line. Um, and that's where I see him ending up. That's my that's my big prediction there. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, I'm going to do one over under, Luke. And this one's okay. a simple one. Over under Nicholas Backstrom plays one game in the regular season. I'm gonna go with under. I think they're gonna, <laughs> yeah. I think they're gonna, even if he's gonna be ready, I think they're gonna try their best to not have him come back because if they, he comes back, they're gonna have to pay a high price to move mm-hmm. some people. And I think they're gonna be like, hey, buddy, can you, uh, you know, chill for a little bit? 
Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you a, a more depressing sub question. Oh, Over God. under Nicholas Backstrom plays 25 more games in his career for the Washington Capitals. I'm going to say over, but not much. I think uh, someone pointed out the stat of three people that have had his surgery and two never played again. One did, and they played like 36 games or something. Um, I think he'll play slightly over. I think he'll come back and then be like, all right, this isn't going to work. That is my guess. But yeah, uh, this sucks. I hate this because I, I think know. I mean the part that kills me is I was like all aboard ready to start making the Nic- Nicholas Backstrom Hall of Fame case, but I, I, you kind of feel like all right, like if this is it, he's probably going to be a little bit short, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, this hurts. I know it stings. Um, all right, so the final question, Luke, is: uh, Do the Capitals during the regular season extend any of their pending UFA's? And this include—I'm going to include for this sake someone who technically isn't a UFA, but uh, I'm going to include Peter Laviolette in that question. Hmm. I think they definitely extend players. I think okay. I think I mentioned that I I wouldn't be surprised to see Hathaway. I think they love Hathaway, and he was he had a fantastic season last year. He is 30, but I can see them signing him for maybe to end Ovi's era, go three years or something like that. And I it can I also imagine they get one at least one of Orlov and Jensen. Yeah, um, I actually was going to predict. I th- actually think they extend both of them. I think that's going to. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely. A little more optimistic because I think you see the cap going up, and you could start to see maybe mm-hmm. some room for these. You know, particularly if. The the, the the buzz starts getting around the backstrom might really not be back you know mm. like i think so i i think the silver not that there's silver lining because it sucks but the the one part you would say at least that could be good is that not good but at least that that could be a small silver lining is that i actually think that that gives the caps a lot of room to maybe extend some of these ufas so we'll no. we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see um and then all right luke we're gonna ask the question that uh i think everyone really wants us to answer which is uh where do you think the washington capitals will finish in the metro division this year so i'm gonna give a little bit of a long-winded answer and i and i think you pointed out earlier they scored 100 points last season and that was with a rollercoaster goaltending that was with Backstrom, Oshie, Mantha being out for basically half the season. Their power play was mm-hmm. abysmal. Uh, they were in an extremely tough Metro and they, it blows my mind that I was like, how did they get to a hundred points last year? And it mm-hmm. technically they got, it was a wild quote unquote wild card spot, but it's just because it was stacked. Uh, but I think they'll finish. I want, I think they're good enough to finish second in the Metro, but I'll be nice and say, some weird stuff happened. I'll say they finished third in the Metro. All right. Yeah. Well, we're uh, this. See, this is I, I like having you on. <laughs> we, we tend to just on Twitter. I feel like we tend to just agree with each other. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. agree with you here. I actually have. I think I talked about this last podcast. I have the Washington Capitals finishing second in the Metro Division yeah. behind Carolina. I am. I, I I will I'm gonna give my grand unifying theory of the Washington Capitals postseason, which or their of their offseason, which is uh, I think a hundred point team got rid of their bad players and replaced them with good players. Yeah, that 100%. is my that is my grand unifying theory of the Washington Capitals yeah. offseason. Uh, I think they got better basically everywhere. I see McMichael and Protus taking steps up. I see them, you know, having enough depth, you know, particularly after Wilson comes back to maybe rest some of their veterans a little bit. You know, maybe we start Mm -hmm. seeing Ovechkin play some 18, 19 minute nights instead of 23, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I am very I think I'm actually very optimistic. And I actually what makes me a little reassured is uh, I, you know, I'm not going to like you know, spoil a bunch of paywall content, but it seems like Tariq Al-Bashir was also a little more optimistic on them too. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm optimistic. I don't think that they're at risk of making, missing the playoffs this year, but yeah. you never know. I mean, they also have a landmine laden losters roster. Yeah. That's, I think the only way they miss is if both Ovi and Kemper get really long-term injuries. I think yes. then they could get a little bit shaky, but like you, like I said, the three things I pointed out, the, the power play should be better because Strom is, on it because we were missing the power play got better last year once Backstrom got back, which makes sense. Yes. But now you have someone there the whole time. Uh, you have goaltending situated, and then you have what was the third thing I said? <laughs> I don't know what I said, but I they basically they like, have the two C figured out too. Yeah, and they have the, yeah exactly. 
I mean, yeah, they, they didn't have a 2C all last season, like I said, because mm-hmm. Backstrom was either hurt or Zeller. So, like you said, they literally improved on all their bad things. So, I can only see them getting better. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, so we're going to briefly talk about the Metro because our capital section lasted longer than I thought, but that's I think it's good. I mean, this is a Washington Capitals podcast. So, uh, we're, so I, I think you have the Caps— well, we'll, I guess, kind of lead to the prediction part of this. Um, I, I guess the one thing I would be curious to ask you about is uh, it seems like the, the the three teams that you would have with the Caps in this division would be Carolina, Pittsburgh, and the New York Rangers, right? So yeah. I guess, I don't know, like, I mean, well, Luke, let me ask you about, let me ask you it this way. Um, do you want to talk about Carolina or do you want to talk about Pittsburgh? I don't want to talk about either of those freaking teams. <laughs> but I, I guess we'll start with Carolina because, like, I agree with you. They're going to probably be the first because, I mean, yeah, I think so. they're just really good. Yeah. And then I love how teams just gift them players. Like, yeah, um, they gave them Pacioretty and they gave gave them Burns and they gave up, like, a six-round pick between the two of them. Like, yep. why do teams Being just... good at managing the salary cap really helps, doesn't it? Oh, for sure, 100%. And they, yeah, yeah. and they killed it that way. And so now they just – Pacioretty, I know, is older, but he's still – can rip the puck well i guess he did he did get hurt in the offseason i think he's gonna miss but mm-hmm. a good chunk but burns is you know and he's all he's not good defensively but they have plenty of good defensive players and mm-hmm. he's still gonna rip got a lot of depth on that team too. a lot of depth and they're young they're still kind of young and they're super mm-hmm. fast and possession so screw them i will say i think losing Nita rider is gonna hurt yeah, because he's great really, possession really, really good. Uh, maybe less so with Trocheck, but I, I really actually think losing Nino Nino Ryder kind of. I was, I was, I will say as a Capitals partisan, a little relieved that they didn't. Because <laughs> I actually thought they could have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. And then I guess the other. Okay, I, I, I want to ask you the Pittsburgh question this way, which is, it seems like everyone wants to make a parallel between the Pittsburgh Penguins and Washington Capitals, but I'm interested in them because. I actually don't think that parallel is quite as strong as people say. I mean, yes, they have aging cores that are getting, you know, older and maybe can't quite carry the team as much. I get that comparison, but it seems like the Penguins made a, like, you know, some maybe strange decisions this off season, you know, and I'm kind of curious, what do you make of Pittsburgh? Like, I mean, is there, how similar are they or not to the Washington Capitals at this point? Yeah, I think, like you said, the similarity is the older core, but outside that, I don't think it's too much. They annoyingly have one of arguably the best coach in the league. And yes. you know, I think that's why they're always going to be a threat is because Sullivan consistently just can make a, any team good. Um, but yeah, outside age, I think caps have some better depth and I think they have a better prospect pool. So they're getting caps are going to be able to inject some youth. Mm-hmm. Um, the penguins, not so much. They still have their older, but which is, you know, they're still good. But I think mm-hmm. Caps being able to eject some youth is going to be really uh, a plus. They grabbed Petrie, which is a gamble. I, he was fantastic. Yeah, I'm just interested. The Petrie for Mathis and Swap was was one that was kind of I don't know, like an, like an interesting little thing, right? Because you know, I mean, how much do you really count what what Petrie did on probably one of the worst teams in hockey? Right? Yeah, it, he was really bad last year, but every year leading up to that, he was extremely good. So it's mm-hmm. and he's 34, so. He's not yeah. going to get any better, but he could still maybe be what he was. So it's a game like Matheson is more. I see the Penguins make this trade a lot where they go with someone more uh, uncertain. They give up someone more certain for something more mm-hmm. uncertain. Yeah. Um, and so that could work. Uh, hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's certainly good. And they, yeah. they have a pretty strong top four defense, so. Yes, they definitely do. Although, although I will also say, I think losing Marino is going to really hurt them. Like, yeah, that in was a way that I don't odd. think is discussed because they really lean on him. I think in a lot of ways, you know, and I, I know maybe he's he's been a little up and down, but I I, I really actually think that loss is going to hurt them. No, hundred. That was that was a trade I definitely wouldn't have made. I, that was another trade that was they gave up something more certain Marino for mm-hmm. Ty Smith, who has a higher ceiling, but. I think they just sent him down, so he's going to be in their yeah. AHL. Uh, 
So who knows? But yeah, yeah it seems example. like that was kind of a cap trade, right? a salary cap laden trade, right? But yeah. at the same time, I, I, you know, I mean, if I think if you're in New Jersey, where he he ended up in New Jersey, right? Please tell me I'm right about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jersey, you know, yeah. I, I think if you're Jersey, you take that trade like oh, you know, at ten times out of any day. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess I, I guess this is all kind of leading uh, us to saying, uh, Luke, who are you know your playoff teams out of the Metro Division? Uh, the playoff teams on the Metro, well, I think I think it's going to go Carolina, it, then it's going to be some type of weird thing between the Caps, Pittsburgh, and the Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to grab those next three spots. New Jersey's really interesting. They have a really good defense, but their goalies are unknown. They have VTech and Blackwood. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I think they have the potential to do some big stuff, but it's still too a little bit. They're They're young and... Such, but I think it's going to get yeah Carolina, those three teams, uh, mm-hmm. then New Jersey, uh, and then who's left? The Islanders. Islanders. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, I mean, what do you make of the Islanders? Like, I mean, I you know, it seems yeah. like you know, in, in it to a degree that I'm actually surprised. It seems like team like a lot of people have been willing to kind of write off last year for them. Uh, mm. I don't actually know if I am. I mean, yes, I know they started 14 games on the road, and I know obviously that's weird, and you know they had yeah. some injuries and everything seemed to go poorly. But I mean, I, I am high on Barry Trotz as a coach and they got rid of him and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not as high. It's Lane Lambert's the coach there, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yes. And I'm not as high on Lane Lambert, needless to say, mm-hmm. I look at a team that is old, that's beat up, that is going to have a really hard time scoring. And yeah, I, I, I love Pula, uh, Pulak and Pelic. Like that's a great pairing. You know, I think Barzell is good, uh, but I, I, yeah, I still don't, I don't, I don't see a playoff team. Yeah, for sure. They, they're def- they have a fantastic goal in Sorkin and Varlama. That's mm-hmm. a yes, really good pairing. Their defense, they, like you said, Pulak, Pelik, then no Dobson, that kid is really good. I think they got Romanoff from Mayfield. So their defense yeah, and goal. Yeah, like, Dobson's good, although I get the sense they struggle with how to really use him. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes to the forwards, they are not, I mean, they have Barzell. Yeah. And after that, just a bunch of older guys. I don't think they have any game changers outside Barzell. Yeah. So right. so I think you can get by on your defense and goalie. Like, you can play really good defense. But you're, they're in a stacked division. If they were playing, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Atlantic or something. Not the Atlantic, but uh, the Pacific or something. Maybe they can get by, but I don't think they'll yeah. be able to survive a Metro playoff okay. position. Agreed. 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 All right. So I think we, we I think so you would say it's probably the four teams everyone. Well, the same four teams as last year, right? Yeah, basically, I think so. Okay. With New Jersey so maybe that, shaking some stuff up. OK. All right. OK. Yeah, I I think I'm, I look at Jersey and I say, all right, like, did they really get 20 points better in the offseason? I say probably not. But I mean, entirely possible that they did, you know, so we'll yeah, see. Uh, sure. All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, uh. All right. Well, we're already at 41 minutes, so you know we might uh we might we might uh cut the you know I mean over break we're gonna do some predictions. I'm gonna I promise they're gonna be a little rapid fire, you know, because we're gonna talk about the rest of the NHL, but we're gonna keep it brief. So uh, with that promising way to go, take us into break. Uh, stay tuned. Welcome back to J Person Radio. I'm still here with Luke. And Luke, uh, let's dive right into the rest of the NHL. Uh, so, you know, we, we talked about eight teams, uh, some of which rather briefly, but let's uh, let's let's kind of dive in here to the rest. And I promise to our listeners that we will go quickly. Uh, all right. So the Atlantic Division. Um, for me, the storyline here seems like there are four really, really good teams in that division. I think they all got a little bit worse. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think that maybe point. you want to say like, you know, um, I was going to say Florida, you know, got worse i think you know they lost uh you know i think one of their one of their best defensemen in uyghur and uh lost Duberdo had 100 plus points uh so you know and i I, kachuk perfect fit there but i think they got worse um i think tampa bay is older and they lost a lot of their best forwards so you know they are lost lost some of their some of their depth so i think they got a little bit worse uh i think toronto um also is worse uh, because they right now have a goaltending tandem of Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, and that is bad. So I think they got worse. And um, the other team in that is Boston, and they are now a year older with a really old core. And uh, yeah, so I think they also got worse. Um, That said, 
I still, I think, have them as the top four teams in the division. Do you? What, what was the four? Oh, yeah, Florida. That's who it was. No, yeah, I agree. I think those are the big four. Boston is is a little shaky because I think they're starting the league without Bergeron and Marshawn yes. for like the yes, first like, four months or something. So they could mm-hmm. potentially hit a little. They're thing, on the but ball, yeah. I think. Yeah, they're on the ball. But yeah, but like you said, they all got – where Toronto is probably the best of them, but – you know, if they, I like this, I like I said, I like taking swings on people, but those yeah. are two big swings on Murray and Samson, Samsonov. And I love mm-hmm. Samsonov, but if they miss, if they swing and miss on both of those, they could be in trouble, you know? So Yeah, like, and I mean, I'll over. also say this uh, I, I, Samsonov has a lot of talent. I'm really not sure about that fit in Toronto, man. <laughs> Mm. especially as a, as a Russian I'm really not sure about that yeah. <laughs> I mean we'll see I mean, you're more of a Samsonov whisperer than me but yeah, that yeah. does not seem like a good market for him to go to not at all because that's like that's the uh, probably the highest pressure market in the league yep. so if you and I always thought his biggest weakness was the mental side of the game and so if you can't handle that it's gonna not go very well uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see about that. But, I mean, the thing is, the rest of that roster is, is really, really good. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, they still have good young players that are going to be there for a while. And so, yeah, they're, I think, I think, that, I think there's even, even if Matt Murray is their, like, goalie for a while, I still think that that's probably a, you know, probably a hundred plus point team. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, they're so potent. Yeah, so, see, so it sounds like you have Toronto and the number one spot in that division. So, fill out the two through four. Uh, I'll go Toronto. Uh, I think I would still take Tampa over Florida for now. Like you said, Uyghur's a huge loss. That's like, yes. a, and they they replaced Huberto with Kachuk, which is fine, but that's a big loss, especially if Ekblad, who I think has been injured twice, if he goes mm-hmm. down, that's a that's could be a pretty big oomph. And I don't know if they're gonna still stick with Bobrovsky, who's you know, eh. So. I, I and I Tampa has still has Vasilevsky and um, who's the big ass defenseman there? Uh, oh, the, uh, the obviously Hedman. Uh, Hedman, yeah. So I think there's they're really safe on the back and they still have all their most of their guys up front. So I would take Tampa over Florida, then Boston. But the, I think you said the four teams got worse, but the bottom four all got better. Ottawa, mm-hmm. I mean, they added some great players. Detroit is gonna be better. Buffalo, I was looking at their lineup. I was like, this isn't a bad line. It's not a playoff lineup, but it, they're no, going to be better than they usually are. And yeah. Montreal's probably the worst of them all. But like, but like you, that division is going to be wild because it's, it's yeah. separated. But, you know. I, I will say this. So I, I agree with everything you said. That I think the four teams got a little bit worse. Uh, and the and the, the four bottom teams got a little bit better. In some cases, a lot better. That said... Um, Buffalo was your four, fifth place team in that division, and they had 75 points. That they were 32 points behind the Boston Bruins. And I, I look at that, and do I do I say any of those teams got 20 points better? Probably not. I mean, yeah. the Senators' blue line still sucks. The Red Wings, they kind of had a little. I mean, like they're going to be, be be better, and it looks like they really hit on some of their draft picks. Uh, you know, more insider obviously being among them. I like them. Do I think they got 20 points better? No, right. So yeah, sure. I still look at that, and I just said there was such a gap between the top four and bottom four that I could see some improvement. And every year, there's always one team that surprises you. And the Bruins seem like a good contender. Maybe they're not a wild card team. Maybe you want to say the Islanders or Blue Jackets get it over them. Fine. Yeah. Maybe the Devils. Fine. But I just, I just don't see that kind of gap being made up. So that's, no, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. No, that makes, uh, yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Absolutely. And I, and I have Panthers, Maple Leaves, Lightning, and Bruins, which is the same order as last year. I still think the Panthers are really good. Uh, so, yeah. But we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about them. Um, all right. So that's the Atlantic. Uh, I think we did that in like four minutes. I'm going to call that a victory. Um, <laughs> the Central. Uh, I guess the question about the Central is uh, by how many game, how many points? Well, let me just ask it this way. How many points will the Colorado Avalanche win the division by this year? Uh, and I will say they only won it by six points last year, which actually kind of surprised me. Yeah, surprising. Who was second last year? Uh, the Wild, who had 113 points. Oh, wow. Really? The Wild got yeah, 100? they had more points than people thought. Holy moly. Um, yeah. I 
I think they got worse in the offseason, Colorado. I mean, they're still top tier, but I, don't, I think yeah. they got worse. They lost uh, Kadri. Uh, they lost some other big name, I thought. Oh, I mean, the the Capitals goaltender. Oh, the goal, yeah, the goal, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, they lost Darcy Kemper, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, I do not trust their goaltending, actually. Yeah, um, Gorgiev has never really no, shown anything. Never. I mean, could maybe, but yeah. I so I think they got worse, but I, they're still going to be top tier, but yeah, they got yeah. worse. Uh, Minnesota did – Minnesota is – they are going to regret so many things because they could be in that – they could have been that perfect spot like Tampa where they could go on a run for for a long time because they have they are amazing at drafting and they have some amazing kids coming up. But yes, they, they have what is how much I think they're over the next two years, they have 12 and 14 million in dead space because of their buyouts. Yep. And if yep. they didn't have that, they could just load up their roster and they could go on an mm-hmm. absolute tear. But mm-hmm. they did that. So I think that's like that sucks because they have the perfect thing to come in make the most of your kids on their on their uh, cheap uh, contracts, but they can't yeah. because they're done. Yeah, but, I squint yeah. at that top six, too, because I just pulled it up for the Minnesota Wild. And, I mean, obviously Kaprizov is a dynamo. I, I don't really see a ton of, like, elite scoring on that mm-hmm. on that second and third line in particular. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I like the Wild. I still think the Avalanche win. I actually think they win it by more this year. I, I, I have them, I think, as like, you know, 10 points up on either the Wild or the Blues. You okay. Know, either one of which I could see with the second or third spot. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so I guess then, uh, do so do we do we agree on the top three here of Avalanche, Wild, and Blues? Avalanche, Wild, Blues. Yes, I would agree with that. Okay. All right, and then um, the next two teams in order uh, in that division were the Stars and the Predators. Uh, you know, I don't really believe in the Predators, but I believe in UC Soros, so I could easily see them being a playoff yeah. team. Although I actually, I actually think that I would say I think. Um, let me think about this. I actually don't think either one. I actually think the Central only has three teams coming out of this. Do you see either the Stars, Predators, or Jets making the? Assuming, of course, the Coyotes and Blackhawks don't make the playoffs, which they won't. Um, do yeah. you see any of the Stars, Preds, or Jets making the playoffs this year? Stars, Predators, Jets. So it's tough because the Preds—they've had the same issue they've had forever. They have no mm-hmm. first-line center. No, uh, they do not. If they had one, they would be because I mean, look at their team now. They have Saros, which is amazing, and then they have Roman Yossi, Ryan McDonough, and Ekholm, and then Fab- mm-hmm. Dante Fabro. That's a really strong four. And then you have uh, Forsberg, uh, but yeah, you're actually now that I'm looking at this, it's not that great. <laughs> their forward depth sucks. Yeah, they're gonna they, have, have Forsberg's yeah. are only like sweetness, but then Duchesne, mm-hmm. and then they have a next tier, which is Duchesne, Johansson, Granlin, Niederreiter. Mm-hmm. They're all fine. Um, yeah. But there's nothing like really popping off, so their offense is gonna be meh. Uh, yep. I thought they I thought for some reason their offense was better than that, but it's not. So no, yeah, no, no, no. Their them. But, they 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 got by with sorrows last year. Yeah, and, uh, and I think I, McDonough. I, I, don't, was I don't ever want to bet on that. For sure, and I, I think yeah. McDonough was a good ad, so I think their defense is strong. Uh, but I don't like, like their coaches. I don't like, I don't think their coaches are that great. So yeah, yeah I can certainly. Yeah. Yeah, it depends how many spots are open in the wild card, I guess. But I could yeah. see them slipping in. I could. Um, but let's let's switch over to the Pacific Division, which I actually think will have five. I, I think they're gonna have the five teams this year. because uh, oh, okay. this will be this will be my one spicy prediction. Um okay. so I so in the Pacific, your three playoff teams last year were the Flames, Oilers, and Kings, with the Golden Knights and Canucks finishing in fourth and fifth and not the being playoff teams. Got it? That's right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because all their, all their young players that. started playing well. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, they had a couple of turn-back-the-clock seasons from Quick and Kopitar. Oh, I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, there you go. So this is this is why we do this, because now <laughs> we're going to learn about the rest yeah. of the NHL. This is a Washington Capitals specific but you know we're, we're friendly with the rest of the league in the sense of you know yeah. we at least need to pretend like we know what happened with them. <laughs> um, so all right um do you have the flames and oilers in? let's let's break it this way do you have the flames and oilers in uh, in or as a top two in the playoffs as oh yeah for sure definitely yeah okay do you have the kings going back in <sighs> they added fiala and that's they a good he's good really good ad uh yeah 
I they got I, a bunch of young I, players. Yeah, I have a. I doubt that Quick has another good season though. But they do have Cal Peterson. Yeah, that's true. They enjoy. Yeah. But I. Oh, I'll look, look at their defense real quick. I would. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll be in. Okay. If they got in last year, I think they'll be in. I don't think anybody else really improved. Yeah. But I don't know. You, it sounds like you know better than me. No, 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 no. I, I think I think I'm with you. They have a bunch of good young players, and they're only going to get better. Uh, the the two teams I have in though are also the Golden Knights and Canucks. Uh, I look at the Canucks saying they have a lot of good forwards, and they have Bruce Boudreaux as their coach, and they were a safely a playoff team with the just Bruce Boudreaux part of their season. I think he is that good of a coach. I really like. It. I actually I actually think that they're going to be better than a lot of people think. And actually, I mean, you look at them, they were a 92 point team last year. They don't need that much to go right to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think, I think they hit it. You know, I think they're going to, I actually think they might even challenge uh, the flames and Oilers and that, oh, that we have I a like pretty this. clear top three. And then I the like golden Knights. I mean, we all know their thing. They have no goaltending anymore because everyone's hurt uh, with Lander yeah. being out for the year. Uh, but I love their forwards and they have just a lot of high end talent still there. I still think they're a playoff. I just think that we look at last year and just say everyone was hurt and Mark Stone never was healthy. And so mm. we kind of, you know, assuming Stone's healthy, which it seems like he is, I, I, I think they're pretty pretty clearly a playoff team, too. I like it. I, I'm looking over yeah. Vancouver's now, and I was like, they do. I mean, it really comes down to Elias Peterson, how he bounces back. Yes. If he can bounce back, I, I, I think Bru- they are. Boudreaux is a set. perfect coach for him, oh, yeah. isn't he? 100%. Absolutely. I miss Bruce. I'm so glad he's. I back. know. Um, I miss Bruce. Yeah, this is this is a Bruce Brujo appreciation podcast. <laughs> he was robbed. I think the playoff narrative, uh, whatever. I'm gonna earn the E rating. I think the playoff narrative around him is bullshit. I think it's stupid. Uh, oh, and 100%. I think he's a great coach, and I'm really glad he's back in the league. And I think the Canucks are a playoff team this year. I don't think they're gonna go much further, but I do think they're a playoff team. Nice. All right, I'm optimistic. All right, okay, we're, we're gonna buzz through these because we're at like almost an hour. Um, all right. Give me one surprisingly good and surprisingly bad team. Surprisingly good, surprisingly bad. I think I spoiled it already, but uh, from yeah. But, but um, I, I think my, my surprisingly good is going to be the uh, the Canucks. Okay, I, I'm going to just uh, toss toss one out. They don't have to necessarily even be a playoff team, but maybe give me like a team that even like might be competitive or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think the Jersey. Is gonna okay. surprise. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if they'll beat anybody out, but I think they'll they'll beat on some other. I think it's gonna be like last year. I think the Metro's gonna have a lot of high point. Like basically, there's gonna be teams of the West that make it in that ha- that had like 15 points less than the Metro person that yeah. didn't make it. And I think mm-hmm. New Jersey's gonna be like that. I can also see Detroit being a little bit more umphy, putting a little bit more scared to people. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Do you have any team bottoming out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, San Jose, I don't, I love the San Jose oh, yeah, was always the really caps bad. of the West. Yeah, they were always like the, the caps of the West. So I always love them. But I think they just, they're at this weird crossroad where they, they should be blowing up. But they are trying to, they're doing the, the classic mistake of trying to stay alive too much. And yep. it's like, now nah, you should just blow up. And there's a lot of good drafts coming up. Just take mm-hmm. it and just, you know, suck for three years. And get a lot of good players and just do a nice little rebuild. So I think they're going to be trying to hold on, and it's just it's not going to go well for them. Agreed, agreed. And I, my team bottoming out is uh, I, well, I'm not going to say bottom out. I actually think the Rangers are clo- are going to be a closer to the bubble playoff team. I still think they're a playoff team. I think they're going to be a little closer to the bubble than people think. Uh, that's my. I actually. I, I know I kind of said, oh, it's going to be like, you know, Canes and Caps and uh, Penguins and Rangers. I think the Rangers are actually going to be the fourth one of, of, of that four. So that, that's kind of my, my little stealth prediction. All right. Yeah. Um, Luke, who wins the President's Trophy? The President's Trophy. South Carolina. Yeah. Punks. That's a pretty safe pick. Uh, yeah. I'm actually going to – I actually – I mean, so last year was the Panthers – I actually think they repeat. I actually like the Panthers. I, okay, actually, okay. I, I, you know, I know they got a little bit worse, but Matthew Kachuk is just such a perfect fit on that roster. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna be fine. I think the goaltending will work itself out. I actually think the Panthers are are your President's Trophy winners again. Um, okay. then the opposite. Who is the worst team in the NHL? And I guess this Ooh. is gonna be a battle of, I guess three or four or well, four actually. <laughs> 
I think each division has a contender for being having one of the worst teams in hockey. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I to me it seems like a battle between the Canadians, the Flyers, the Blackhawks, and the Coyotes. Uh, yeah, that's a really good. Maybe the Kraken, if you want to say too. Although I actually think they're going to be not as bad. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Those right. are those so, are pro- uh, Who do you have as pro- the worst team in hockey? Uh, the worst. I think it's going to end up being the Canadians. Okay. Thing. But uh, I think Flyers are going to give them a run for their money because they just they have so many injured people that. Oh, they're such a train wreck. I'm and really. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. They got, I forgot they had <laughs> Trots too as their guy, so. Uh, it, so you know he could you know piss them off to the point, and if Hart doesn't ever bounce back, yeah. it could get real ugly. Which I don't mind. Yeah, Except I don't that's, that's going to be a fun team for us as Caps fans. I mean, you know, because like yeah. I think for a while people, you know, me included, were like, oh, you know, maybe maybe this is the year of the of the uh, you know, of the Philadelphia Flyers, and then uh, everything went poorly. It seems like all at once. <laughs> it's all yeah, now, exactly. you know, <laughs> they're uh, they're they're bad, and uh, yeah. I think they're going to be a lot worse. And uh, the fact that Sean Couturier, no one seems to know how hurt he is. Uh, that's bad. Um, yeah, fair. I think they're going to be really bad. That said, I kind of have a feel that, you know, if we're, you know, between these four teams to the bottom, I think there's only one team that is depraved enough to really, really trade away anything of value. And I think that's the Arizona Coyotes. I just mm. like, I look at that team and I'm like, all right, like, I think at some point they're going to get a chicken deal done. You know, I think, I think he's going to be gone. And, yeah, yeah. And you're, you know, and then I, I also think Clayton Keller is like someone they might move to. And yeah. then so you're just like, all right, like they literally, I mean, they had like, what, did they have Travis Boyd on their four, on their first line last year or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something so. But they bad. need, they like, they're a team that desperately needs to get a, con- like the next pick is going to be Connor Bernard. He's like the next yeah. Austin Matthews. They, de- I think. Because I always wonder, I'm like, how are they consistently just not good? And I don't think they've ever had a top three pick in their franchise. And it's like, yeah, well, that's the issue is they need to, like, bottom out. And, for a well, and I mean, the thing is, they had the third and they got Dylan Strome, who is a useful player for the Washington Capitals. Yeah, but he's, you would definitely not say a franchise altering player. No way. So it's like they need a bot. They really need to bottom out. And I hope they do, because I do not want the Flyers to get Bedard. That'd be very annoying. No. So. I hope Arizona super sucks yeah. and they win the lottery. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and I mean, the Blackhawks obviously are also completely tearing it apart, uh, you know, which is uh, probably uh, given the organizational kind of yeah. order that has been the Chicago Blackhawks, yeah. probably for the best, I think it's safe. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Um, I am going to propose that uh, I, I am going to give you the – the confer or the uh, the award winner and just just say say who it is. You know we're we're gonna skip analysis because we're already almost an hour. So uh, who wins Luke? Who wins the Hart Trophy? The Hart Trophy. Uh, I think I think it's. I mean I'm just gonna go easy and just say I think it's gonna end up being McDavid. I think he's gonna tear. They got better offensively. Their defense still sucks, but there's better weapons around them now. So I think he's just gonna tear it up again. It's gonna be one of those. 130 point seasons and you can't really not give it to someone like that i guess no I, that's that's very valid uh i think i am gonna go with uh actually like nathan mckinnon i actually i think that you know nice. I, I i i you know it'd be it seems silly to bet against either austin matthews or uh connor mcdavid but mm. i actually you know sometimes like you end up with a, you know his contract being an issue or whatever and now that's settled and i think that I actually really like Nathan McKinnon, obviously, and uh, I think he's going to be really good. I think he's your Hart Trophy winner. All right. Um, real quick, uh, who wins the Vezina? Uh, it's probably going to be Shesterkin, sadly. I can see him. Yeah. I think he's only going to get better. I think he's going to be the best goalie for the next – he's going to replace Vasilevsky as, like, the next guy, unfortunately. But uh, I think it will be him. I'll go a little surprising and off the board here. I'm actually going to put Markstrom here. Uh, I'm not a huge, I'm not necessarily the biggest believer, but I love the Flames defense and I love oh, Daryl yeah. Sutter as a coach. And, uh, you know, I, 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 one of my stealth things to say is I actually think the Vezina is more of a team award than people like to give it credit for. And yeah. uh, I really, really like the Flames like defensive system. Yeah. They're deep. I, I mean, I like, I like Markstrom. It was already um, really good and they added Uyghur. So. 
Yeah, agreed. They're gonna be nasty. Uh, and then the and then we'll we'll conclude here by by asking for your Norris prediction. Norris, <laughs> that's a toughie. Um, who won last year? Fox McCarr did. McCarr. It was McCarr. Uh, I mean, I, I he's only going to be getting better too. Uh, yep. So. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to go, I feel bad. I'm just going with these easy answers, but uh, I can't see him not killing it again. McAvoy, maybe mm-hmm. if I go outside, I'll go McAvoy, but that's, a, that's a good one. I like Charlie McAvoy. He's, yeah. I, mean, I think, I think you could paint a story that if the Bruins are better than people think, uh, and I still have them, as I said earlier, as comfortably a playoff team that I actually, I actually think McAvoy is a pretty good pick there. Um, uh, I like that one. Uh, do you, do you want to, do you want to go for it or do you want to just pick McCarr? I, I I already did McDavid, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. go Mac- I don't want to go. Go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna go McAvoy. So don't go something easy. All right, I'm gonna go Kale McCarr. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're, you're right. He's the best. He's yeah. the best defenseman in hockey, and he's like like you know like what 21 or something like yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I was I was baiting you to pick that because I I know it was new. I was just like yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm an asshole. It's fine. No, that's okay. I, love uh, it. I guess I guess as as the podcast gets later, my my tolerance for cursing is <laughs> censoring myself. You know, this is uh yeah we're I mean Luke, this is an anti cancel culture podcast. So oh, okay, I'm sweet. Curse, people are gonna like it. Ugh. Heck yeah. Yeah. This is hardcore. <laughs> no, this is stupid. All right, okay, Luke, it's <laughs> we're over an hour in, and I'm making cancel culture jokes. We need to stop our. <laughs> right now yeah. uh all right so uh luke anything else you want to talk about the nhl or have we exhausted your your nhl takes at this point i think we covered everything i don't know what else we could talk about i think we did too i think we talked about every team actually yeah. uh i don't know if i mentioned the seattle kraken they're gonna be really bad that's about it uh yeah that's, that's about my take uh yeah they suck. <laughs> um all right Okay, Luke. Uh, where uh, let's uh, let's let's wrap this sucker up. So, where can people find you and your uh, various musings and writing? You can follow me on Twitter. I think it's just my name. It's at Luke Adamanis. So L U K E A D O M A N I S. And I think that's where I put all my uh, crazy thoughts. There you go. There you go. And uh, you can follow me at @gregy underscore jr. And you can find the show at at Jeff Radio and wherever podcasts are found. And if you liked it, please rate, write, subscribe, review. Um, we are. I think you know. There's other Capitals podcasts out there. Uh, I'd like to think that you know this one. Uh, you know, absent me making dumb cancel culture jokes is uh, probably <laughs> hopefully one of the best ones. And uh, I, as, as I said last podcast, I'm aiming to get back to where I started and make this a weekly podcast again. So if you like this, please rate, subscribe, review. I have some actually like pretty big guests lined up this year. I'm really excited about it. And uh, yeah, so do all of those things and uh, find the show. And next week, uh, I believe the plan is going to be to have uh, Alex Irving on from Japers Rink Radio, or from Japers Rink, of course. And uh, so we're going to do that. And then uh, I have some other Caps writers that, and actually some different people that I've reached out to uh, this year as well. So we got some we got some really fun stuff coming up for everyone. So uh, with that, yeah. stay tuned and uh, look forward to another season of Washington Capitals Hockey.